0: Hi everyone, my name is Yosef Siegel, and welcome back to the Amem Torah Podcast. This week, we close out Sefer Shemos with the Parshios of Vayakopuk Udeh. And without further ado, let's get started. So the first thing everyone says when it comes to Parshas Vayakopuk Udeh, whether they're together like this year or separate, is that they're really a repeat of uh, Parshas Truma Tzaveh. Parshas Truma deals with the construction of the Mishkan itself and the Kalim. Tetzava deals with the uh, clothes of the Koanim and uh, some other details of the construction of the Mishkan. Um, and then Vayakubukude comes and it pretty much just repeats that. Tetzava is the commandment and and the list of materials that's needed and Vayakubukude is the uh, collection of those materials and uh, the construction. Um, and while It seems like the Torah is just, quote-unquote, wasting space, uh, repeating all this information. We see a lot of uh, really profound ideas from this. Um, Perhaps the biggest one is that we see several times throughout these partios that uh, it, it makes note that the construction of the Mishkan was done exactly the way Hashem commanded it. And the idea behind that is that there were many creative and talented people involved with the development and construction of the Mishkan. And they had the best of the best uh, to work with in terms of materials. Um, and none of them were tempted to develop their own designs, to make their own creations, to take things in a different way. They stuck to the exact plan that Hashem had set up for them and had told over to Moshe. And this was a tremendous credit to the Bnei Israel and showed a tremendous love and devotion to Hashem. But really, if you look at the entire concept of the Mishkan, the whole construction of the Mishkan was an example of this. How do we see that? So Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky in the Sefer Emes Liakov on Chumash points out that the Mishkan ended up being used for forty years in the desert, or thirty-eight years in the desert, and another uh, approximately four hundred years uh, in Eretz Yisrael before they built the Beit Hamikdash. Um, but really, it was only supposed to be used for a few months until the sin of the Meraglim, which we'll learn about uh, in a couple months in Parsha Shlach. The Bene Israel were supposed to enter Eretz a few months after Matan Torah. They were not supposed to be in the desert that long. And Rav Yaakov uh, says that uh, if they would have entered Eretz right away, then they would have also immediately uh, built the base of Megdash instead of having to wait uh, for uh, for four hundred years. So we're really looking at a time period of a few months before the Mishkan would have become obsolete, and this totally changes the our view of the Mishkan. Moshe comes in, in and and calls for B'nai Israel to donate anything and everything of value that they have uh, towards the construction of the Mishkan. And if you look at the list of materials that were used, it was the most expensive and rare materials. It was, it was gonna be the best of the best, the finest of the fine. And this was even <laughs> this was for a building that was only supposed to be around for a few months. And yet, no one hesitates to bring whatever was needed, whatever Moshe had told them to bring. And in fact, the psukim tell us that there was a surplus of materials that Moshe had to turn away people at the end of the day. The Bnei Yisrael clearly spared no effort or expense in fulfilling the mitzvah of v'shochanti v'socham, of creating a home for Hashem in this world. And that's another lesson that we can see from the parshios of Yaakov Bakude. They're not just a repetition They teach us tremendous ideas. And in fact, this is an important lesson for us as well. We have no idea what the reward is for a mitzvah. And there are times where we see mitzvahs that look uh, very glamorous and or more important than others. They extend farther than others. Um, But the truth is that we have no idea what it really is. And this idea of the mishkan, uh, this mitzvah of the mishkan, confirms this idea for us. That the Mishkan was only supposed to last for a few months, um, and yet the uh, the need for materials, uh, the request for materials was only the best of the best, um, and we see that the Jews in the desert, the Ben Israel in the desert, were up to this task, and they provided uh, everything that was needed plus. And ultimately, that's what Hashem desires from us in performing the mitzvot—not just to perform them but to show him the value we place in fulfilling his word regardless of the difficulty, glamour, or extent of the mitzvah. Chazak, chazak, venis chazek. With this we close out Sefer Shmos. Thank you very much everyone for listening. For any questions, comments, or to subscribe to the email newsletter, please email me at amemtorah at gmail.com. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H at gmail.com. The email newsletter will give you updates for AM Torah as well as the written version of the dvar Torah in your inbox along with an MP3 download of this podcast. The podcast is also available on iTunes. Just search for the AM Torah podcast or my name, Yosef Siegel. Please check out the blog itself, Old Ideas for the Modern Mind, blogspot.com where you can get the written version of this week's dvar Torah as well as the archived versions of the previous 8 years of Amen Torah Divrei Torah. Please check out my website, hashkofahandbook.com, where this podcast is hosted, and learn more about my book, Reality Check, A Handbook of Ashkafa. And finally, please check us out on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Torah, and on Twitter, Twitter handle at amen Torah. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and have a great job.